For about two and a half quarters on Sunday, the New Orleans Saints showed why they should be in the conversation for who's going to win the NFC South. Then for the other quarter and a half, they showed why they're the New Orleans Saints, and now. I mean, come on, now. Let's talk about it, and we're going to talk about Zach Ewing's huge $100,000 victory. That's right, $100,000. At least there's going to be some happy news on Datitude. It's a Merry Christmas for us all. Coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are saying, so you're saying there's a chance. Saints 21, Falcons 18. Saints are back in it. Not really. Come on. You really think they're back in it? 21 to 18, Saints win it. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 126 for a Monday, December the 19th, 2022. Have you got your Christmas shopping done? Have you bought your significant other their Christmas present yet? What are you waiting for? I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm the procrastinator of all procrastinators. I mean, come on. What are you waiting for? You don't have to wrap it yet. You just got to gotta at least get it. I mean, and if you're going to do it on Amazon, like today or tomorrow is the last day. So you think about that. The Saints gave you a Christmas present, sort of. Bradley Roby did when he hauled in that, uh, that fumble. Drake London, thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Falcons, doing what you do. The Saints are now 5 and 9. They are 2 and 0 against the Atlanta Falcons and 3 and 9 against the rest of the league. They're back in it. No, they're not. Stop it. Stop it. We said last week um, that the Saints chances to after they blew the lead, you know, it's so frustrating to think I am I am still mind-boggled at that Monday night game against Tampa Bay. I don't want to take the joy of yesterday's win. Oh, yes, I do. Who cares? I'll be the Grinch. Going to the Grinch this afternoon anyway. Going to uh, take the kids to the to the show in the city. We're going to see the Grinch. And that's what I feel like today. I mean, I guess if you're a Saints fan, technically you should be happy. But, A, I keep thinking about the Tampa Bay game. Because if you just think about that. Not only would the Saints be in control of their own destiny, be six and eight, which is sad, but in control of their own destiny, but they'd have a one-game lead on Tampa Bay, on Carolina, and the Falcons are done. Who cares about the Falcons? They'd have a one-game lead on the Falcons, too. 
the Falcons are done. They, they gave the season away. They, they decided to start a rookie quarterback for the rest of the year. They're, they're in preseason mode for the final four weeks of the year. But th- just think about it. Where the Saints would be had they not blown that 16-3 lead. Complete command. They wouldn't even have to worry about losing to Philadelphia, which they're probably going to do. I mean, I don't know all the tiebreaker scenarios, but the Saints would be in complete command of this division because they'd have a different mentality, first off. And they would have won two games in a row for the first time this season. Now they're 5-9, and nine and from a 1% chance I gave them last week to a 2% chance. That's, what that, that's about what it is. It's about a 2% chance. So if I don't want to poo-poo on your Christmas, but, I mean, you want to know the things that have to happen for the same. If you want to be realistic and think about it, and we talked about it Friday with Jeff Duncan on the live attitude, but what needs to happen? The Saints need to win out. Ain't happening. But let's say they do. Let's say they find a way to beat Cleveland next week where they're, I don't know, I haven't looked yet, but I think three or four point. They were three-point underdogs going into the week. I'm betting they're about four-point underdogs right now. And I haven't looked at it. It doesn't matter. But let's say they find a way to win in Cleveland next week. You think Tampa Bay is going to lose in Arizona on Christmas night? All right, let's say that they do. Let's say that that happens. Now the Saints are tied. Then the Saints have to beat Philadelphia, who potentially could have the number one seed locked up, but are they going to sit there starters for two games, the last two games of the season? Probably not. The Saints couldn't beat Jalen Hurts when they were good or decent with Sean Payton coaching. You think they're going to beat him with Dennis Allen coaching? I don't think so. But even if they do, you're talking about Tampa Bay has to lose. They can win only one game the rest of the way, and the Saints have to win out. Or they have to lose out, and the Saints would have to could lose against Philadelphia and win the rest. None of, that's not happening. Let's get realistic. Tampa Bay is not good. And they're probably going to fit as bad as Dallas was yesterday and against Houston. They're almost certainly going to play Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. Do we think Tampa Bay is going to beat Dallas in the first round of playoffs? I don't. So, I don't know. Uh, somebody was telling me yesterday, you know, it, maybe it's a good thing they don't make they don't. This team doesn't deserve to make the playoffs. And yesterday was proof of, you know, they start out 14 and nothing lead. They proved that they can be good. And I know it's the Falcons. But you start out with a 14-0 lead. There was imagination in the play calling. The Taysom Hill play where he throws to Shahid, and that took imagination. I mean, that's in the playbook. Don't see it enough. Taysom Hill threw two passes. They were great passes. Two of two for 80 yards and a touchdown. And then for the final quarter and a half, they did the opposite of what Sean Payton teams. Remember finish strong? Remember that mantra of finish strong? This team, that's long gone. And this is all part, you know, you, you want Derry's dime on Monday. I get it. Um, but I didn't script today. Because, and I didn't listen to any, I didn't listen to a single 
coach speak, uh, player interview, nothing. I didn't watch the news last night. I didn't watch any shows. Sorry, Doug Mouton. Sorry, Juan Kincaid. I didn't watch any shows last night because I didn't care. I don't want to hear them be happy. You have no right to be happy after that game. I'm sorry you don't. You got lucky. If Drake London doesn't fumble the ball on a fourth down play that the Saints should have stuffed anyway, if Drake London doesn't fumble the ball, the Falcons had the ball at the Saints 30, and they've got over a minute to go, and you just have to hope that the Saints can keep him out of the end zone and it goes into overtime. Because Young Waiku's not missing that field goal. And that's what it would have come down to. And it would have been another, another one of those. I mean, I wouldn't have scripted Derry's dime had they lost the game. Because it's the same old crap with this team. And it's been the same thing. Win, loss, loss, loss. Win, loss, loss. Win, loss, loss. Win, loss, loss. Win. So what does that mean for what's coming up? Why would this team stray from the script now? You think they're going to be? Here's another thing. I know Saints fans like to go and watch their team in, in other cities. And God bless you. Um, but if you didn't plan on going to Cleveland before like August or September, and I'm not exactly what it would make you want, even if you thought the Saints were going to be good, oh, maybe I'll be, I'll be there for the playoff stretch. I'll go for the playoff stretch. It'll be fun. Come on, Sally. Let's go to Cleveland on Christmas Eve. Okay, first off, that's whack. But if you didn't plan it then and you planned it like a few weeks ago or a month and a half ago, and now you're going to spend Christmas Eve, I'm worried about you. If you want to spend Christmas Eve in Cleveland, and I have not looked at a forecast, but I know that the high temperature in New Orleans next weekend is 35. I can only imagine what it's going to be. You want to know what it's going to be? Cold. Goddamn cold. So if you're going to go to Cleveland, it's bad enough you're going to probably spend Christmas Eve, part of Christmas Eve, watching the Saints. But if you're going to Cleveland a lot, you need help. I tell you what. JDerryTheAdvocate.com, I'll, I'll be the intervention. If you're going to Cleveland, write me. At Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. Please, I'll mention you on the show. We will get you help. If you're going to Cleveland this weekend on Christmas Eve to be away from family and you and Sally are going to Cleveland, write me. I will find you help. I promise. Uh, it can be done. Um, but you know, yesterday's just a micro, I mean, they keep having microcosms of the season. Big deal. You beat Atlanta with a rookie quarterback in his first career start who won 13 of 26 for 97 yards. He rushed for 38 yards. I'm no math whiz. 135 total yards by a rookie quarterback. And you needed a fumble in the final minute and a half to win the football game. That is sad. That is so sad. That's where this team is. And it should have never even been kind of close. 
The Saints are so much better than the Falcons, it's not funny. It, it's really not. And, you know, I hear, I listen to podcasts I listen to, Sharp Show that I listen to every week. They had this guy that that's on there. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, But I think the Saints and Falcons are even teams. They're not even teams. The Falcons are like one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. Statistically, they're one of the worst. They're, I think they're 30th in the, in the NFL in defense. They're terrible on defense. But yet they held the Saints to 214 yards passing yesterday, and 80 of it came from Taysom on two passes. Andy Dalton won 11 of 17 for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Remember what I said a few weeks ago when I said you could take Andy Dalton's stat line and apply it to any game that he's ever played throughout his entire career. Did it again yesterday. He didn't do bad. I didn't, I didn't hear the Andy Dalton lovers coming out in support of him yesterday, by the way. Because he has like two games, two good games. He's had like two good games this year. Two good games. One of them they lost, Minnesota. He's had like two good games this year. Minnesota, and I thought he played well in the Tampa Bay game. I mean, you could probably go find another. I mean, he did okay in the, in the Raiders game, did okay in the Rams game. Nothing special. He doesn't do anything good. He doesn't do anything bad. He doesn't do anything. He's there. That's kind of like the Saints. And this coaching staff, if they were happy after that game yesterday, I definitely didn't want to hear it. I'm not putting any of those clips on this show today. Because you still suck. 21-18 to over a team that is playing the final month of the season like it's preseason of 2023. They bench their starting quarterback. Oh, he needs to have a scope or whatever the hell he needs. Whatever Marcus Mariota needs. If they really thought they were in it, Marcus Mariota would be playing. They've come to reality. Alvin Kamara, 21 carries for 91 yards. I'm glad they got him involved. But he's still not playing like Alvin Kamara. I mean, the only player on offense that really did anything as two. The only two players that really did anything, in my opinion, yesterday on offense were Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson. I mean, Shahid had the nice one play, but he broke away because it was of his speed. He didn't do anything else special. Chris Olave was okay, three catches, 53 yards. He's going to have over 1,000 yards receiving when the season's said and done. Great. He's a bright spot in an otherwise not bright season. But if you think I'm going to get happy, happy, joy, joy over a game where they needed a fumble in the final minute and a half to win against a team they had no business even being in a contest with, the Saints and Falcons are both 5-9, and nine, so their record says they're even. The stats are completely otherwise. They played a team that had, that obviously had given up on this season. They allowed some guy named Tyler Algier to rush 17 times for 139 yards and a touchdown. What's Nick Chubb going to do next week? They gave up 139 yards rushing to Tyler Algier. What are they going to give up to Nick Chubb? 
in probably 15-degree weather. I have no idea if there's precipitation in Cleveland or not. That's how you want to spend your Christmas Eve? Look, it's bad enough. You know, my wife and I, uh, we were talking about Christmas Eve plans. I think Saturday. And she was saying, the family's going to get together. We're going to go. Because we, we get together with our family every Christmas Eve. And we usually go have sushi or hibachi somewhere. That's what we do on Christmas Eve, usually. That's how we get together. And uh, she was thinking... Well, we can get together. I was thinking like 2 o'clock. And I'm like, uh. I mean, I, if I weren't in this job, I'd say, okay, I don't care. Saints are playing. Who cares? I mean, I have to watch Saints. So she was, rolled her eyes. Thought you were on vacation. I am on vacation next week. I still got to watch the game. It's still part of my gig. They only have 17 of these a year. And I have to watch the game. So now... We have to alter our family plans because i got to watch this BS. That's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, it just it's frustrating, man. Even in a win, frustrating. And I just go back to that Tampa Bay collapse and think about what, you know what? Some people say, maybe it's better they don't go to plus, they get killed. You don't know that. This, this team, I mean, I don't think there's a team in the league if the Saints played their best game. And I mean this sincerely and wholeheartedly. If this team played their best game and you throw out just the dumb decisions and just dumb things that they've done throughout the year, if they played their best game, I don't think there's a team in the NFL that they can't beat. I'm not saying they would beat Buffalo or would beat Kansas City or would beat Philadelphia or would beat Dallas or would beat San Francisco. I mean, look at San Francisco. San Francisco is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Legitimate. There's no question that San Francisco has a chance to win the Super Bowl. And the score doesn't show what that game. If you didn't watch the game and you don't know, Saints lost 13 to nothing. The Saints that day... Overall, I thought we're actually better than San Francisco. I thought they played great defense. They were inside the 20, what, three times? Alvin Kamara fumbles going in to score a touchdown that would have completely changed the complexion of that game. Another game they gave away. Even though it was 13 to nothing, the Saints gave that game away. They should have won. They were the better team that day. So it just goes to show if the Saints played their best football, they have no leadership. There's no leadership on the sideline, and honestly, there's no leadership on the field either. And that's where this team is right now. And I don't see it getting any better. So I can't be happy, and I can't be excited about a 21-18 victory over a team they should have beaten 30-7. to That's what that score is. The score should have been 30 to 7. Okay, 30 to 10. Make it 30 to 10. Saints should have won that game 30 to 10. You watched it, you tell me differently. You can't stop Tyler Algier. You need a fumble in the final minute and a half. I mean, that's ridiculous, but it is what it is. But we're going to talk about more happy things this morning because. Um, and I'm going to get back to the Saints, but I'm going to, we're going to talk um, to Zach Ewing, who's my 
friend and boss, and I put it in that order. He's a friend first. He's my boss second. Um, didn't know him before about a year and a half ago, before I took this gig. We'd never met. We'd never talked. Um, and you're always a little nervous when you take a new gig where, you know, it's comfortable. You know, I covered, I'd covered the Saints in the past, and I'd covered other things in the past, and um, I'd settled into covering high schools from 2013 to 2021, and I was comfortable, and I enjoyed it. And kids always play with heart. Even if they're not any good, they play with heart. And sometimes your professional franchises don't. Um, sometimes they don't want to answer questions. Professional uh, players. Seeing that, I had forgotten about all that. And then when I got back into covering the Saints this year, I remembered it quickly. Um, but with Zach uh, coming into this gig, and I had, you know, for the past couple decades, I've been comfortable in my environment because my bosses that I've had, I knew them fairly well, either before I took the gig or while I took the gig, whatever. So you get comfortable. Um, and so I'm going into a position now where am I going to have a guy who's going to be micromanaging me? I don't know him from Adam. Is he going to make me do this, make me do things I don't want to do? No, it's been a great relationship from day one. And so um, Zach's also kind of kind of become like a little brother to me. And uh, we pick and poke at each other. I mean, he's wrong about a lot of things. I point out where he's wrong, and we move on, and then we bring it up again, and he's wrong again, and we have fun with it. But what he was right about was his knockout pool, and that's how he won $100,000. If you don't know what a knockout pool is, we're going to talk about it in a minute. Because Zach entered a contest that had... um, I don't know the exact number, but I know it was in the ballpark of 40,000 people. $20 entry. $20. He entered $20, and, and it wasn't just this knockout pool. You get like, I think you get a couple other entries to other things. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But it came down to last week, and uh, he won the whole thing by himself. hundred k. What would you do with $100,000? What would you do on the way to winning $100,000? What would you do if you knew that your chance at winning $100,000 came down to one game? You put down 20 bucks. If Team A won, you won $100,000. If Team B won, then you had to go into a whole thing about it for a whole nother week and what you were going to do. And I don't know, man. I'd be a wreck. I mean, I I talk about sports betting and how we hang on the balance of thirty dollar bets and fifty dollar bets, and sometimes even I'll put a hundred bucks on something here and there. Actually, had more than that on on my teaser this week, and I didn't have to sweat that out. But I had to sweat. I was sweating the twenty dollar bets as much as I was sweating the the big ones. But for me. Big is a hundred bucks or here and there, here and there every now and then wild hair two hundred bucks. That is the absolute super max, unless we're talking about the Super Bowl. So I can't imagine what it would be like sitting there waiting to see if you won a hundred thousand dollars. But that's what we're going to talk about with Zach Ewing. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL when we come back. I do want to talk about the crazy weekend 
maybe the craziest weekend of NFL football of the entire year. Maybe. It was certainly up there. And um, it was one where I was on the edge of my seat from probably noon until 6 o'clock. And even the, um, just the, I mean, what was New England thinking? Um, how did Dallas implode? Not going to spend a ton of time on it, but I do want to talk about that. But I do want to talk about $100,000. That's right, $100,000. Can you imagine? I just, we could put ourselves in his shoes, but most of us, if not all of us, will never know such a feeling. So I want to hear about it. I know you do too. I'd probably be a little bit more excited than he was, but that's okay. It everybody does it their own way. Everybody wins a hundred thousand dollars in their own way, <laughs> or not. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on this beautiful, cold, lovely Monday morning, Zach Ewing, sports betting director at bet.noah.com. Uh, where do we, I know where we start? I mean, look, for people out there that, um, you know, they like to dabble around and knock out pools and fantasy sports and uh, maybe bet a little bit here and there, um, you know, the greatest, the greatest win you could ever imagine, I guess, in the grand scheme of things for most people, I mean, people of normal means like ourselves, is to, you know, Maybe you won, like, last year. I thought it was great. You know, I had the Rams going into the season. They were my only future bet. Won, like, 1400 bucks. Great. You know, I won a poker tournament here or there. Here's, here's 1500 bucks or whatever. So, in the grand scheme of things, if you won four or five grand at some point doing some weird things, then, then you're doing a good job. But, no, Zach Ewing took it a step further. A $20 entry into a knockout pool with multiple tens of thousands of people. And Zach Ewing comes out on top and wins a total of $100,000. Is it finally sunk in? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, how can it, right? Like, for, for one thing, I don't have the money yet. The money gets paid out after the Super Bowl. Right. Um so I think maybe when you see your bank account with all those zeros, you're like, holy cow, that, you know, this actually happened. Um, but it, it, I'm kind of like you where I, you know, you see all these, um, you know, FanDuel or Caesars or whoever will send out a tweet and say, well, this better turned a $100 parlay right. into a $167,000 win. And you're going, well, that's ridiculous. Um, but I'm, I'm like a math brain and I'm like frugal. I'm always looking for the deals in the grocery store and stuff. And so I, you know, that never appeals to me because it's like, well, I would never bet a hundred dollars on that parlay because it's such a low expected value. Like you might have bet a no, dollar. Yeah, I, I mean, may, maybe you bet it, but even then, you're like, I, I, I'd rather bet twenty dollars on something that's plus four fifty, and I at least have a chance. Like, I don't want to bet a hundred of these things just to hopefully win one. That's that would just piss me off. I don't want to do that. So I, I don't even play for the big money. I'm more the guy who's like. I'm going to play the minus 140 odds. You know, I might throw in a futures bet or something, and if I cash a futures bet. But even the futures bet, if it's 10 to 1, I might only put 5 or $10 on it because I just don't bet that much normally. So this thing came along, and it was actually like the morning, the first NFL morning, September the 11th, I think it was. 
And I, I somebody in my Twitter feed said, oh, look, this is a cool knockout pool thing. It costs $20 to get in. I th- I'd only ever play free knockout pools. Like ESPN has one with a million bajillion people in it or whatever. And you, okay, well, I'll just click my entry every week. I've never actually played one. And so I thought, well, this will be fun. Wait a minute. Um, I didn't know that. You just told me something I didn't know. This is the first knockout pool you've ever played in? That, that, that I've ever paid for, sure, yeah. Really? I mean, I mean isn't that amazing? Like, well, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I didn't know that. So let me give you a little tip. You know how people win in championships and just drop the mic? If I were you, I would never play it again. <laughs> it's like winning the lottery. I mean, if you win the lottery, I don't understand. There are actually people out there that win the lottery and, yeah, and, and go, buy, they go buy more. Lot- I'm never buying. If I ever win the lottery, I am never, ever, ever buying a lottery ticket again. You won the lottery, my friend. You yeah, should drop the yeah. mic and walk off. I mean, I think the thing is, like, for me, playing the lottery is not fun. Like, what's the point of doing that? You just, you're not even doing anything. But this is fun. At least it is if you get into it. And now it's, it's like, it's like I said in my column about it. It's like this roller coaster kind of fun where you've always got this pit in your stomach and you're going, uh, how did I screw this up this week? I know this is what's going to cost me. I should have picked that team. Why did I pick this team? And you're doing that for three hours every week. But then it's the best feeling in the world when you survive. Okay, well, let's look at next week. Um, so yeah, Hold on, anyway. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you there because it's not always the best feeling in the world. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm still in my knockout pool. Okay, mine's not done yet. We still have 20, I think it's 27 people up. I took the Saints yesterday. At, <laughs> I, I, at no point yesterday, even after the victory was over, did I feel good about it. So you don't always feel good. I mean, you, you might go, whew. Yeah, I guess it's a relieving feeling more than anything else. But it's like, you know, it's fun. And so maybe I will do it again, especially because I think if you if you get 10 referrals on this thing, um, you know, you get you get to play for free for a couple of years or something. So anyway. Oh, you're playing for free to the day you die. Yeah, I um, I looked I, I clicked on the link that somebody referred and I looked at it, and and turns out this website is called the SZN.com, the Season.com. I have, a, I have a link in my column if you uh, want to sign up because they do all sorts of different sports. They do college, they do March Madness. They actually have NBA survivor pools where you pick a game every every weekend and you have to survive. Um, but this one, this NFL one, is clearly their most popular, and you actually got four contests for the price of twenty dollars. And see, this appeals to my frugal brain. Where I'm like, oh, you know, four for the price of one. All right. You know, and so it's a, it was a survivor pool, a second chance survivor pool, which started, I think, after week five. Um, then it was a, a weekly pick them where you just pick straight up, pick the, the 15 games every week or whatever. And, and then the last one is a playoff contest. And that's, that's why I don't get paid out till after the Super Bowl, because the last contest is the playoff contest. And if, if you win any money, they pay it all out at once. So, playoffs. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they should call it the Jim Moore. They have these silly names for all of them, but but they um, yeah, they do a good job, and it, it was a lot of fun. And I, the, the funny part about that is, I entered the second chance survivor, which you can do even if you haven't been knocked out of the original one, and I lost the very first week. So I, I think I, I think I had the Chargers against Jacksonville, um, you know, because at that point you spl- you never pick the same team in both pools because that would be stupid because you want to survive in one. Well, you know, so I got knocked out the very first week in second chance survivor. But I just, I mean, you know, you, you, some of it's dumb luck and beginner's luck, sure. And then you start to get serious about it. Once it got down under a thousand people, I really started to like, I talk to you about it every week. I have a couple other friends um, that I talked about it every week and 
okay, let's schedule this out. And in this one, you have to pick two teams starting in week 10. Well, so and, then, and before we strategize. go, before we go any further, I think there are, there are actually, there are probably people listening to this podcast who have no idea what we're talking about. And basically the gist of it is, um, in a knockout pool, you pick, and, cause I was talking about someone about it last night. who never heard of a knockout pool. So, I mean, what Zach won was a knockout. It's an NFL knockout pool. You pick one team to win every week. If that team wins, you advance. If they lose, you're out. The key is, uh, or the caveat is, or whatever you want to call it, it you can only pick the same team once. Oh, well, you can only pick a team once, I should say. Once so you, you pick, pick them, the, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So if you pick the Eagles in week one, you can't pick the Eagles again the rest of the season. So it obviously progressively gets harder. And not only that, I think it's in week 10. Is it starting in week 10 that you have to pick two teams? In, in this version, you have to pick two. And so if you do the math, that's nine weeks of picking one team and potentially nine weeks of picking two teams. That's 27 of the 32 NFL teams you would have to pick to get through a season. Um, so there's only five. You know, okay, I'm not going to pick the Texans, right? I'm not going right. to pick the Panthers. You know, whoever it is you decide are those five. But you have to go through and say, and so if you can steal one, like in week three, I took the Chicago Bears. They only won three games all year. But I took them against the Texans. They won that game. So did I. And that's that's just an enormous, um, you know, piece of leverage you have over the rest of the field for the rest of the year because they generally, the people who survived, took a better team that week that right. you then saved for later. But at the same time, though, and I don't think people, even people who play sometimes, unless you've been playing for years, you can't realize how hard it is until you get so far down the, the line that, you know, you've taken the Eagles, you've taken the Bills, you've taken the Chiefs, you, you've taken the Cowboys, you've taken the 49ers. I mean, think about it. All the teams that are good. And then you're stuck with you and you're looking at the lines and the best team you have available, let's say the Seahawks are playing the Rams and they're only two and a half point favorites. And you're like, do I really trust the Seahawks? And then you're like, well, I don't really trust anybody. So, I mean, at some point, you're getting to a point. Now, you were good enough to actually hold on to some of your teams, uh, some of the better teams, and that's kind of how you won that last week. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the whole key was it was actually like right around week 10. And even by then, just picking – because this was a year of upsets. I mean, I think there were 13,000 people in this pool and more than 8,000 went out the very first week. Um, because the, if you yeah, tie – in this crazy. Yeah, in this version, if you tie, you're out. The Colts tied the Texans, so they were anybody. That was two thousand people who picked the Colts. Um, Bengals lost to the Steelers. Uh, I'm not going to remember all of the upsets, but th- there was there was a couple of others that were like uh, Tennessee lost to the Giants. You, you, you know, so, some of these games where you're Falcons like, wow, lost to the Saints. A thousand. <laughs> well, that was my pick, <laughs> no, that, and that that's when I that and I say that in my column, like I, you know, at that point, I kind of thought, you know, I don't, I don't believe in fate or destiny necessarily, but Sometimes you just feel like, all right, if I can get through that, you know, if you can get through that, then, and and honestly, like, as I went on, I had several weeks in a row of, you're always sweating just because you always sweat through these things because it's the NFL. And we were just talking off the air, like nothing is ever safe in the NFL. You can have a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. It's not safe. We saw that with the saints. We saw it the next Thursday night. Um, You can have a lead with eight seconds left. It's not safe. You can have a 33 to nothing lead at halftime. You can have the ball in opponent territory as time expires, as the New England Patriots found out yesterday, and oh, still somehow lose the game. My goodness. Um, like, it's it's just never safe. And so there's always a sweat. 
But there were several weeks in a row where I was winning fairly easily, where my team was taking knees at the end of the game, um, or, or they had such a big lead that it didn't matter if the other team scored. Um, and and then all of a sudden, like week 10 rolls around, it's time to pick two. I'm in Pittsburgh for the Saints-Steelers game, and that was the first week you had to pick two. And my friend says, you, you realize you've got a decent chance of winning this thing. And I said, oh, there's still 115 people left. You know, it's, what, what is that, one out of 115, a 1% chance. He said, yeah, but how many others have the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Eagles, the Bills, the Bengals, and uh, the 49ers all left? And I said, that's a good point, actually. You know, I have some leverage. And so I started to use it. Like, I would use the Chiefs in Week 10. I think Week 11, I used the 49ers and Ravens. Um, week 12... Week 12 was one where I really had to sweat it out. I used Miami against Houston, but I had Washington against Atlanta. And you remember that game where oh, the, yeah. uh, Atlanta should have won the game. And then yep. the, yeah, the tipped ball interception in the end zone. And then they roughed the punter and allow uh, Washington to kneel the clock out. So, you know, I, I definitely survived that one, which you're going to have some of those. And then all of a sudden I get to the point where there's only 30 people left, 32 people left. And I actually made a spreadsheet of, okay, what pick does everyone have available? Because now this is real, right? And like now, and even if you in in this particular one, some of these knockout pools are winner take all. The, my particular one pays out, um, and it you, even finishing top ten is a thousand dollars. Finishing second place is twenty thousand dollars. You know, so it's like I may not win the hundred thousand, but with thirty people left, I'm in. I, I have a decent chance at some significant money. Right. So at, at this point, I really start to take it seriously, like treat it as work. I make this spreadsheet. I, Come to find out I'm the only person left with the Bills and I'm the only person left with the Eagles. Um, and so that formed my strategy for the rest of the thing is, well, if you can pick one of those teams, you have the ultimate leverage because like you're talking about, one of these weeks there's going to be a bunch of three-point favorites and and then there'll be a couple of eight-point favorites that nobody has left. And if you have one of those eight-point favorites left and everybody else is having to play the coin flip game, that's how you win these things. No, there's no question about it. Zach Ewing here on the Datitude Podcast this morning talking about his $100,000 victory. Now, i, I got to tell you, when we were talking about it last Sunday, when it looked like there was a real chance, and, I mean, you texted in the morning before the games even started, there were five things that needed to happen, I think five things, um, for you to yeah. win the 100000 by yourself. And I looked at it, and I had to do a double take, and I looked at it again, and I'm like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's absolutely possible. And so when all the four of the five things were at noon and the Saints weren't playing, they all happened. Um, All the four of the five, obviously now that we're talking about it now, four of the five things happened. So you went into the three o'clock games and all you needed was Carolina to beat Seattle. And I know a lot of people, well, no, I say a lot of people because most people aren't left, but of the people that are remaining, I, I had people that took Seattle, including a, a good friend of mine, took Seattle in his knockout pool. And I told him before the, the week started, and it had nothing to do with you. I hadn't seen your, your list of things that needed to happen until Sunday morning. I told him on Thursday. I said, I think, and I wrote it in my column. I said, I think Carolina's going to win this game straight up. Don't take Seattle. And he took him anyway, and he got knocked out. But my point is, my wife, who really at this point could – Carolina, I mean, she doesn't even watch, she doesn't want to watch, watch football. She says I'll ruin football for her because I get <laughs> a little too excited. So anyway, I t- when I told her what was happening, she actually came in the room, sat down with me, watched the Red Zone channel, and was, ru- 
My wife has never met you in person, and she's sitting there rooting for you like she, we had a rooting interest, and it was just it was exciting for us. And I told her at some point in halftime, you know, if this were me for the hundred thousand dollars, y'all wouldn't be able to be in here. You'd have to go exile yourself to a neighbor's house or sit, go to a restaurant and get out of here because I'd be insufferable. I mean, I'd be screaming at the TV like you know, like like the Saints were in the Super Bowl and the Cubs were playing in the World Series all at the same time. But yet you were just super calm about And I know you probably weren't super calm when you were watching it and there were moments. But I, you have been, like, through this whole thing, incredibly um, – you're not, you're not the way that I – I mean, I'm a loud West Banker. So, I mean, there's a reason why this show is called Datitude. But – I can't believe how just like calm and tame you have been about the whole thing. I haven't always been. Um, there was a couple times my son always has baseball practice on Sundays and it's at three o'clock. And so a lot of times I'm driving him to be, and I'm one of the assistant coaches. So I ha- you know, I have to go. It's not like I can, you know, Ellen, you take the kids to practice. I'm you went? Games. Well, that day it was rain. It got rained out. Okay. So I didn't, Thank it, God. You know, there, there was no practice that day, but most days, like I'm driving to practice right as the noon games are ending. Right. And there was a couple of like punch the steering wheel moments. Like I I think I had the Ravens over the Panthers and they just like, just grinded their way through that game. And I think it was week 11 and you know, you just like, you know, come on, why are you making me sweat? And so there were definitely some moments, but yeah, I, my wife actually asked me, do you want me to take the kids and leave and go somewhere for the afternoon? And I told her, no, because oh. I, I'm like, to me, okay, so two things. For, first of all, I, at that point, I had already survived. I had the Bills and the Bengals, so they had already won. So the worst case scenario by the time this Seattle game starts is I'm in the final three, which third place I think is $7,500. Second place, like I said, is 20000 So I'm already in a truly right. good place. Right. you know. And I'm the only one with Philadelphia left. I still have them in my holster um, for the following week which I would have used him, you know, funny thing is I would have used Philly and probably Minnesota against the Colts Um, because those were the two best teams I had left. So anyway, um, I, I was already in a pretty good place where I didn't have a, obviously I, you know, I I could have lost the hundred thousand, but I didn't actually have, I was, I was going to be in a good position either way. Um, I had hedged my bet. I had bet a, a few hundred dollars on the Seahawks to win. So if that happened, I not only would be in a good place in knockout, but I won a couple hundred dollars. Um, and, and I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm very mathematical about this sort of stuff where I'm just like, you know, this is what it is. And I have huge leverage over the field. And um, yeah, you, you know, I did, I, I was nervous and I did actually go out into the backyard and throw the football around with my sons for an hour at the beginning of that game. Cause I, I just don't want to be in that spot where I'm staring a hole through the TV for for six hours. Oh, uh, that's yeah. what I would have done. I would have. I, there would have been. There would. Have, I would have had to have nothing that was hard around me. I could. Nothing I could throw at a TV. Nothing that would hurt a TV. Nothing that would hurt anyone. Get get away from me. That's how it would. Have and been. I I say I'm not like believer in fate or superstition or anything, but I was like. One thing that I did not do is I did not want to put on Facebook or Twitter or anything. I didn't want to make it put it out to the universe how close I was. And finally, I gave in, started the fourth quarter, and Carolina, I think, is up by three with the ball at that point. And they ended up getting stuffed inside the five on that drive. Um, 
but it was at that point I finally tweeted something out and said, like, look, I'm a quarter away from winning a hundred grand. I don't, you know, I, I, I can't believe this is even happening. And that was one reason I wasn't so nervous. If I'd had a whole week, I think if it had been down to three people and I had had a whole yeah. week to think about my Imagine picks that. and build it up in my mind, you know, then I really would have been a wreck. But because it happened so fast and it went from 31 down to three in the span of three hours, yeah. um, you know, and then all of a sudden you look around, you're like, wait a minute, I'm the only one who has two team, two winners already this week. I could, I could win this thing right now. I didn't, I didn't have time to build it up in my mind. That was the other part of it. So anyway, I post this on Twitter and I start getting like a bunch of well wishes from college buddies. I hadn't talked to in 10 years and from people, you know, those Facebook friends where you're like, they're my Facebook friend, but I never talked to them. But all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm rooting for you. That's so awesome. I wasn't watching this game before. Um, you know, and like, like you, you said, your wife was rooting for you. So it was really cool. It was like this communal thing where all of a sudden everybody's pulling for Carolina. I have another friend who's a big Seahawks fan, and he was like, screw it. They can lose today. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not that it really matters. I mean, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan. I, I, it's just the whole point of it. I mean, there was never, there's never been a – I watched – I was joking with you because – on the Monday by you bet show last Monday after you won, I don't remember why I wasn't on the show. Was I off last Monday? I don't remember. Yeah, I was off last Monday. So I, I watched the show, and the first seven minutes I'm expecting, you know, and it was like, yeah, $100,000. Spence like saying, hoorah. Zoe's not saying anything. She couldn't get a word in because y'all are just like monotone, blah, blah, blah. Like, like you won a hundred bucks in some dice shooting thing. I mean, come on, man. Give me some excitement. Give me some hoorah. Give me some something, something. Make there is a video. Uh, there is a video that Zoe has actually. And she's going to, I don't know if she's posted it already. She was working on some edits on it. Yeah. She was uh, waiting uh, for me to give her a video that I haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, and it was of me, you know, when the game is, but, but again, at that point, all I needed was Seattle to not get the onside kick. Like, you know, and again, you're always, yeah, I, don't the even, NFL is, I don't even know if I could have watched that. It's never over. And then of course the, you know, Carolina calls a timeout. And it's just, yeah. Come on, just let it in. <laughs> um, and so uh, like, I've never really had an NFL team. When I was a kid, I was a Cowboys fan. I, but I've, I kind of grew out of that, so to speak. And I just, I've always watched the NFL for my bets and my fantasy team and things like that. Like I don't, I don't have individual, an individual team. And then you see something like that Patriots Raiders ending yesterday where people are crying in the stands. You're going, how could you get that emotional about this? Who cares? And then, you, you know, but I have something like that on the line. And all of a sudden I'm like, don't call a timeout. I need this onside kick to happen so I can, yeah. you know, go out to dinner and forget about this. Well, I mean, you say that, but pigs have flown here. So, I mean, I remember exactly what I was doing. Like, like it was yesterday, what I was doing when Garrett Hartley made that field goal and mm. the Saints went to the Super Bowl and pigs have flown and whatever else Jim Henderson said. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. I jumped on the back of my, of my, of my buddy and he literally carried me around the driveway because I don't know what happened, but for some reason for like, I don't know, two minutes of the game, we were outside and we could see through the door of the TV and they, for some reason, that two minutes, the Saints did really well. We walked, in the house, we walked <laughs> in the house and they did something crappy. So we walked back outside, and then we kind of, like, were stuck outside for the, the last part of the game. So we had to watch the field goal from outside. 
that, and I, I mean, so the fireworks started shooting off. So I, I mean, I, I do understand, and I wasn't working in sports then, so it was even better. I could be a 100% fan, didn't have to talk about it after, write about it, nothing. I didn't have none of that stuff. I was just a fan. And then, uh, God, I miss those days, by the way. Um, but, you know, so I do have a team. So I can, And I remember how excited I was for the Saints going to the Super Bowl. I was at the, you know, I'm a Cubs fan. I was at the World Series. I remember what I was feeling when the Cubs won game seven at like midnight on a, on a Wednesday. Um, so I can't fathom because the thought of winning a hundred thousand dollars to me would probably be about, I don't know. Maybe there's a level you can't get past a certain level. I don't know. But to me, that would seem like it'd be 10 times better than that. I don't know. You know, what's funny. I still, I'm still sweating out my like $20 bets. I'm still like, <laughs> you know, like watching games and being like, no, come on. You know, and then you got to, 20 bucks. Uh, yeah, that's how it's, it was. It's the same fee- yeah, I don't, maybe there is like a cap to the money. I mean, it's, I, I once sat in a casino in Vegas during March Madness and I was, and see, I, I do have teams like that. They've just never won anything. Yeah. Like I, I get emotional about the Mariners and about Mizzou and neither one has ever won Jack. So I, I, I don't know that feeling, but I was in a casino in Vegas watching Mizzou in March Madness one year. And my friend and I, who was also a Mizzou grad, were going ballistic and screaming at the TV and they end up pulling this game out late. And they actually covered, they were like two point favorites and actually covered as well. And so we're jumping up and hugging up, you know, jumping up and down and hugging. And we cashed our $20 bets and our team won and everything. And the guy behind us, yeah, the guy, the guy behind us stands up and he's been quiet the whole game. He's just been puffing on a cigar the whole time, stands up and goes, well, easiest expletive $20,000 I ever won and walks off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and you got 20 bucks. We're like looking at each other. Like he was a lot more calm than we were. <laughs> you know, he had 20 grand on the game. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that, you know, and that kind of leads into, and I know you got somewhere to go this morning, but you know, we write about sports betting for a living. And this weekend to me and the NFL was just kind of proof that I, I don't think I'd ever want to be a, you know, there were years ago when I was going through the whole laid off, okay, you're hired back, laid off, hired back, I like seriously considered, and I'm not, I'm not joking. This is not a joke at all. I seriously considered becoming a professional poker player for a brief time. My wife probably thankfully put the kibosh on it, and uh, so you're not doing that. I mean, I don't even want to, we can't even invest in that, take the chance. You have two bad days. I know how you are. Will be broke and then you're screwed and then you're you know you're not a professional poker yeah. player you're just a loser out of work and I'm married to you, so um, but I can't I don't have any desire anymore I did ten years ago or whatever, but to be a sports better for a living, I mean yesterday's just kind of proof because I swear to God man I spent time last week I had great analysis and I still think I had great I still think. And my best bets won three and two, so I guess I shouldn't be that upset. And overall, in the grand scheme of things, I won a decent amount of money because I had huge bets on my two best bets, and they both won. So, but it's the little ones, the the other bets, the other little things that I had great analysis. You can have the greatest analysis in the world. And it, then you have weekends like we had this past weekend, and the Bill Belichickians do the dumbest thing I've seen since Leon Lett. Is a was a moron in the snow in Dallas, or it's even dumber than that. I mean, because at least you could, you could see how Leon Light got confused. 
What was Jacoby Myers? I have no idea, but that's what I'm saying. It's just so frustrating. How could anybody be a sports better for a living when you have weekends like that were yesterday? I just, I'd be too frustrated. If I, if I, I mean, because if you're a sports better, you're probably not just betting on four or five. I have done really well. I used to bet on eight or nine games and, you know, I'd win my best bets, but I'd have them all even spread out. I've learned how to bet first off. So I've had a pretty good year, but but how could you do that for a living? I mean, I guess you just multiply whatever you're doing, and, and but it's so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like I said, you almost have to you have to treat it as a as an investment, as a math problem, right? Like where, okay, yeah, I'm going to lose like some that, games I don't think. that are absolute BS, but I'm also going to win some someday that are BS. The other side, like you know, you sometimes yeah, like you just my get Vikings totally money line parlay, yeah, and so, sometimes you know that you just have to assume that over the long haul, that stuff will even out and. Um, you know, that if your analysis is good and your handicapping is good, that you'll end up, you know, where you need to be. And, and like you said, you went three and two yesterday. So even though crazy stuff happens, um, hopefully enough of it happens for you as happens against you and you, and you wind up okay. If that's your, but, but yeah, it's it, imagine that being your life. I'll tell you this, you have to have a big bankroll to fall back on. Oh, 100%. That, that's the only way I would do it. And, and a lot, a lot, a lot of patience. Yeah. I mean, because you can't go. I mean, you and I both have played poker in our lives. Probably me more than you. But if you get, you know, it just it takes a couple bad beats, and you're off the rails. I mean, then you want to just do stupid crap, and it's easy to do stupid crap when you're losing. Um, yeah. You know, it's called going on tilt for those who don't know. I mean, Lord knows how many times I've gone on tilt, but that's why I like to play tournament poker because the worst thing that can happen to you. In a tournament, is if you go on tilt, is you're just out. I mean, you're not going to lose any more money. So I don't like to play cash games because you go on tilt in the cash game and you can really screw yourself. But uh, well, Monday night football is always the most bet on game because people people go crazy over losing on Sunday and try to get it back. Exactly. And if you lose, let's just say your unit, which means that your normal bet is thirty or forty bucks, and you know you lose. 200 bucks and then you want to bet 200 bucks on Monday night football to try to get it back. Well, now you lost 400 bucks. Good for you. I mean, I don't do that anymore, but I used to, I mean, it's easy to do, but I mean, weekends like this is so frustrating. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that I don't, I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather just write about it and not try to do it for a living. There's definitely something to be said for that. All right. Well, I know you got to get on to a meeting. So, we're going to let you run. I, I, I did want to talk about your, your 100K win. I am, like, seriously uh, thrilled for you, and uh, it, it is a lot of fun to, to be on the journey. And um, I know you'll spend it a lot more wisely than I probably would. I, I, God bless my wife because the first thing she goes is, we need to get a spreadsheet and talk about how much we're going to save and how much we're going to give to charity and then how much is left. And I'm going, I'm glad you're here because um, I, I appreciate that sentiment and I agree with it. Uh, I probably would not have reacted that way if I was by myself. So, um, no, that's good. And, and I mean, like, like I said, it's been fun because you follow the NFL more closely when you're doing something like this, because you have to plan ahead. You have to know, okay, well, who's got what schedule and who's the best teams. And I, I picked against the Texans like five times. That was my number one strategy. Um, and it kept winning. And, and so, you know, you go like, I know we we're going to talk. We can maybe talk two minutes about the Saints. Like the Saints lose that game against the Bucks on Monday night, um, and I went to bed totally ticked off because it would have not not because it's the Saints, but it would have knocked ten people out, and I would have been down to twenty two and like 
it's a big difference between 32 and 22 at that point. And then three nights later, the Rams beat the Raiders in the in almost eerily similar fashion. And I'm I'm going to bed happy exactly because the it's same. Not, yeah, it knocked like eight people out. And not only that, but that was the night I realized, like going through, like nobody else has the same picks I do now. There was one guy who I think had the Bengals and the Raiders. So if the Raiders had won, he could have been still alive. And I'm going now. Uh, this could actually happen this weekend if the right, you know, if the right things fall my way. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the smartest thing you did the entire time of the entire knockout pool was picking the Saints in week one to get them over with. You didn't have to worry about them the rest of the year. (laughs) And the way they won that first week. But yeah, we, I mean, we were saying like that Monday night game, you you look at what happened yesterday. The Bucks lose the turn the ball over four or five times. The Saints find a way to win. They would be. I, I think they'd be minus money to win that division if they had held on in that Monday night game, or at least oh, close to no it. Question. Yeah. There's no question because they'd have cushion. They, they, not only would they be a game ahead, they'd actually have a little cushion because I think they'd own the tiebreakers at that so. point. For one one half quarter of one game shows you how stupid football can be. It's a lot like poker in a way. It one quarter, a one half quarter of one game is a completely difference in your season. Whether you're five and nine, six and eight, seven and seven, ten and three, it doesn't make a difference. It can all be one quarter. And you know what? For uh you were sweating out one quarter there, the end of the Carolina Seattle game. It it hey, it's it's sometimes the ball bounces our way and the ball the size of a house bounced your way. Congratulations, Zach Ewing. Thank you. Now I'm gonna try not to sweat out my little bets anymore because I feel like I'm ahead for life with the, with the amount I bet. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll always your your number will always be in the black from now on, my friend. I don't think uh, you need an Excel sheet anymore. You can just, although you probably won't be able to help yourself, but no, you don't need that Excel sheet anymore. That's that's my that's my nerd brain going to work. All right. Well, I will miss you this afternoon and buy you bets, but I'll be back on Thursday and um, just keep on rolling. All right. Talk to you soon. See, even at the end, all I get from him is, all right, talk to you soon. I mean, I still would, I'd still be on a high. I'd still be, so, my head would be so big, it wouldn't be able to fit in this, this garage that I'm working out of. If I want $100,000, I'd be insufferable. Maybe that's why I don't win, stuff like that. I mean, I got to be, be honest. I would still do the Datitude podcast, but I don't know how many people would listen to it after I won. They've listened about two minutes. I'm like, and they'd probably say, I can't listen to this jerk weed. What is this? I mean, good for you. You $100,000. You don't, you're an idiot. That's probably what I would be. I certainly wouldn't be, there would be no one in the house. If if I was winning a hundred, if it came down to Carolina, Seattle, and I'm going to win a hundred thousand dollars, you better get the kids out of here. You don't want to be around me. Trust me. And then when it's over, you might want to wait an hour or two. Or you might find me in a coma on the floor. I don't know. But I wouldn't be like, 100000 I'm right. <laughs> I know that's probably not what was happening at the Ewing house, but still. Man. Can't imagine it. Um, you know, we joke about being sports better. So you want to be a sports better. I mean, you look at this weekend and just think about it. I mean, it start with the start with the Minnesota Indianapolis game on Saturday. 
poor Matt Ryan. I mean, I never even got into him in the open. But good Lord, that dude. And you got, um, you know, I found it interesting, you know, Uncle Big Nick. He hates the Saints so much that it bothers him. It was bothering him that Saints fans. I said I wasn't going to make fun of Matt Ryan anymore. Remember after the Saints blew the 16-3 lead? I said, all right, we got to stop the 28-3 memes because we're going to be getting the 16-3 memes, and rightfully so. But then I guess the gods giveth back and say, you know, no, keep making fun of him. He deserves it. 33 to nothing. How do you lose a 30? Even the Saints couldn't lose a 33 to nothing lead. I mean, they, this, when you look at the list of greatest comebacks in NFL history, the Saints are in the top 10, by the way. Oh, they're in the top five, I think. Back in 1980. Um, I remember this fairly well. We talked, we actually had this as part of, uh, I used to do a segment called Extra, The Extra Point on the Black and Gold Today show back when I was doing that for NOLA.com. Long before the changes of changes that were that have been made throughout the year. That's a whole other story. But um, I think the Saints were 0-13 in 1980. And uh, they were about to break that streak. They were about to go 1-13. They were playing the San Francisco 49ers of all teams, Uncle Big Nick. They were winning 35-7, to I think, at halftime. I know at some point in the game they were winning 35-7. to and the 49ers came all the way back, and Ray Worshing kicked a whatever-yard field goal to win 38-35. Um, also remember, I think it was 1970, either 78 or 79. Jim Ray Pierce probably listened to the show going, it was 79, 79. It was Monday Night Football. They were playing the Oakland Raiders at the time were Super Bowl contenders, and the Raiders were always in the – in contention for a Super Bowl. They were playing on Monday Night Football, which was rare for the Saints back then, by the way, because the Saints were never on any kind of national TV. Uh, and it was a, not only that, it was a rare sold-out game. So you could actually watch it. I mean, all you people like 35 or younger, you're spoiled because all Saints games are on TV. And even today, if the Saints didn't sell out a game, it would be blacked out in, in the area. But they're all sold out now. You don't have to worry about that anymore. But back when I was a kid, um, the Saints didn't sell out a lot of games. And if they didn't sell out, you didn't see it on TV. Well, this was a rare sellout. And they were playing Monday Night Football against the Oakland Raiders. 42-21, to 21, they were leading at one point, I think, um, and lost the game. I know they were winning by three touchdowns. Maybe it was 35-14, and they lost 42-35. I mean, that's what it was. Monday Night Football. And Howard Cosell, he loved to... The few times that he would actually talk about the Saints and when he would do his halftime highlights, he always make fun of the Saints. And he loved him some Kenny Stabler. So he was just eating it up. I still remember that to this day. Anyway, so the Saints have had their share throughout their history of blowing leads, but Matt Ryan is another story. That dude, man. I, I, I'm Even before 28-3, I used to joke about him in my NFL picks column about being a choke artist and being great in September and October and November and then doing what he does. There's a reason why they call him Matty Ice, and it's not because he's clutch. He turns to ice in a hurry. And you can blame the Falcons' defense if you want. I mean, the Colts' defense if you want. And then 
You got the Saints haters like Uncle Big Nick bringing up the Minneapolis miracle. Here's the meme of the of the Viking Saints game. <laughs> Remember when they lost? You're comparing. You're comparing dog crap to apples. It's not even close. The Saints lost on one play. That game. Yeah, it still hurts. See, that's why you bring it up because yeah, I'm gonna stick my noodle in the Saints fans. That's nothing compared to 33 to nothing. How do you lose a game 33 to nothing? I think you could put LSU on the field up 33 to nothing, and they wouldn't lose. I mean, seriously. But the other crazy, I mean, what about the Patriots and the Raiders? Did you see the ending of that game? If you didn't, go go find it on Twitter. It's easy to find. Just literally put in the search bar, Raiders finish, and you'll find it in two seconds if you didn't see it. You're also living in a cave if you didn't see it. But, you know, I, I not joke, I talk about how dumb the Saints football team is because they do a lot of dumb things. But the dumbest thing maybe I've ever seen, I mean, seriously, it could, I mean, we talked about it, I talked about it briefly with Zach. It could be the dumbest play I've ever seen. And it was done by a team that's coached by the, the guy who I think is the greatest coach in NFL history. You could talk about Vince Lombardi or George Hallis or Bill Walsh or Bill Parcells. Whoever you want to talk about, whoever you think is the greatest coach of all time, I think it's Bill Belichick. And to show that even a Bill Belichick coach team can have a brain fart moment. That was the dumbest play I've ever seen. It wasn't the dumbest call over. The dumbest call I've ever seen was Pete Carroll and not running Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl. But the dumbest play I've ever seen was yesterday. You're about to go to overtime. First of all, you got screwed before. It should have never gone to overtime because I don't even, what was it? It was Russell Gage, wasn't it? I, I, I don't remember who it was that caught the touchdown pass that tied the score or put him with an extra point of time to score. But his foot was on the line, and New York says there's not enough evidence to overturn it. I'm not sure what they were looking at, but that was awful. But anyway, I digress, and I digress a lot. So they tie the score. Patriots get the ball back with 12 seconds left, run a play, get nothing. So there's three seconds left, and they run the football. First of all, why don't you just take a knee there? That's Belichick's fault. Why would you hand off the ball? I mean, even if they don't do something dumb, there's a chance that they fumble the football. And the Raiders can scoop it up. And you, 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 if you're running the football there, you're, you're saying we're going to go to overtime. So just kneel on it and go to overtime. But no, he hands the football off. Ramondre Stevenson runs 20, 25 yards and laterals it back. And Jacoby Myers, for some unknown reason, turns around and throws it to nobody. Brain fart. Touchdown Raiders. You lose... And now, what's worse is, can you imagine me? Look, you got a lot of rings if you're a Patriots fan. But in the moment, that's got to just, because they're done. Patriots, they were close to done anyway. Even if they win that game, they got eight wins. They got a brutal schedule coming up. They're probably not going to get through it. They probably wouldn't have been in the playoffs anyway. But 
you were in control of your own destiny if you win that game. Now you're done on one stupid play. I'm not bitter because I bet on the Patriots or anything. But it just goes to show that anyone can have a stupid moment. This entire weekend was just the Dallas Cowboys, 27-10. They're up 27-10 on the Jaguars. How do you lose? I mean, then you go into overtime and Dak throws a pick. Rayshon Jenkins, 52 yards. Touchdown. So not only do you blow a lead, but then you got Dak throwing a pick and it's run back for a touchdown. Yeah, Dallas was one of my best bets, so I'm not better or anything. You go through Detroit and the Jets. Jets got a chance to tie the game. Zach Wilson, who's normally awful, makes a nice pass to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, instead of going down right there and calling timeout, no, he goes backwards, falls down, and is lucky he got the timeout in with one second left. Then Greg Zerline comes in and misses a 57-yard field goal. It would have been like a 53-yard attempt had Garrett Wilson just gone down right there and called timeout, which is what he should have done. You think about all the weird things that happened this weekend. Philadelphia is a nine-point favorite. They just basically let the Bears score and then almost let them come back and score again. Houston, Kansas City. Kansas City is supposedly the best team in the NFL. They need overtime. They need a pick six to win their overtime game. How would you feel if you're a Carolina fan? Your team gets back in it. You exile Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold's playing out of his mind. You play Pittsburgh, who's down to their second-string quarterback, and the player is one of the third-string quarterback. So Carolina's going to win easy, right? Nah. Hey, that... Had the Steelers in a teaser. That worked out well for me. Then you had Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. We kind of talked about Tampa Bay already. Tampa Bay just gives three possessions in a row. They're going to win that game. They should have beat Cincinnati. Joe Burrow was just like we said in an NFL picks column. was going to be bum-rushed, and he was all game long. And then Tampa Bay decided to give the game away. They're terrible. Chargers. Titans. My Titans, I'm starting to sweat now. I could have cashed out my my ticket on Tennessee winning the AFC South like three weeks ago for like $15 less than I'm, than I, than I'm going to win if they win it. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like I'm going to give you 15 bucks. They were like minus 2,000 at the time. Now I've got to sweat again. Titans lose to the Chargers 17-14 in a crazy game. And then last night, the Giants in Washington. What the hell was going on at the end of that game? You know, I, I if you haven't watched it, is it two plays that first of all the offici- officials were not only awful, and I'm not just look, I had a very small bet on the on on the commander, so I don't really care in the grand like a really small bet. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't care. And for my season totals, it was better for me that the Giants won. But I watched the end of a game last night where the officials took total control and it, everything went against the commanders. And you had, sometimes you shake your head and wonder. 
It's third and goal at the one. The receiver, Terry McLaurin, looks over to the official, am I good? And I guess he said, no, you got to come up a little bit. So McLaurin takes like a, a, a mini step forward, and it wasn't far enough for the official's liking. And he's got his hand on his flag. Can't wait to throw the flag. Cannot wait to throw the flag to get himself on national TV again. Throws the flag, offsides. They Commanders score a touchdown. Nope. We're going to bring it back. And then the very next play, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't the very next play. It was the fourth down play. Fourth down. You got a pass in the end zone where the Giants cornerback literally Christmas gift wraps the commander's receiver. No, no penalty. I mean, it's in any book, at any point in the game, in any situation, it's pass interference. No call. It was a weird weekend. It was a super-duper weird weekend. I don't know. But, you know, you think you want to be a sports better? Try being on the wrong side of all of those except for Minnesota. I got super lucky. So I thought it was going to be a great weekend. You get super lucky, and I just needed to add Minnesota in a money line parlay. I think I'm. this is going to be the start of a great weekend. I did my analysis. I think I got everything down pat. And I still think I had everything right. Didn't turn out that way. So if you want to be a sports better, you got to be able to go through weeks like that. And if you're a Saints fan, you got to be able to go through the rest of the season and suffer through it because it's not going to be fun. Cleveland on Christmas Eve, Philadelphia on New Year's Day. So you're saying there's a chance. No, what I'm saying is Christmas is coming up, and I feel like Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Because I'm the Grinch. That's the song I want to play today. Um, As we go out, I will tell you our schedule is a little weird this week. I am going on vacation for six days beginning on Thursday. So our live show with Jeff Duncan that we normally have on Friday, we're going to do it on Wednesday. Um, And I know a lot of you are doing your holiday things. You're not going to want to listen to Dattitude on Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve or whatever the hell you would listen to it. So we're going to do it early. Do it Wednesday, and there's going to be uh, no Monday show next week. I'll be on vacation. So we're going to have a Wednesday show, and then I'll be back uh, at some point next week before before New Year's Eve. So we'll be able to wish you Happy New Year. But for now, we're going to listen to the rest of Elmo and Patsy, and we're going to say we'll see you Wednesday. And we'll also say peace and love, my friends. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now we're all so proud of Grandpa He's been taking this so well See him in there watching football, drinking beer and playing cards.